Hi, everybody. This week on the Community is a Middle Name podcast, we are going to be busting some COVID vaccine myths. Now, you've probably heard a lot about the COVID vaccine over the past 12 months, and you've probably been told a lot of different things or read a lot of different things or heard a lot of different things. We're here to take some of the, uh, the more common myths that we've heard, break them down, and try and get some truth, try and get some facts out there about the COVID vaccine. So whether the thought of having the COVID vaccine leaves you quaking in fear or whether some of the information you've read has you trembling with rage, we want you to sit down, have a listen to this podcast and maybe think twice if you're a bit hesitant about getting the vaccination. My name is Gareth Olver. Welcome to the Community Examiner Name podcast presented by Grampians Community Health. I'm here with uh, Ada Castle, who is the Health Promotion Officer for Grampians Community Health, also Northern Grampians Shire Vaccination Ambassador. Ada, thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me on, Gareth. Now, if we're a little bit thrown off, uh, we just had a little earthquake hit the west of the, of the state, which is extremely unusual from Melbourne right across uh, well, where I am is 200 kilometres away from Melbourne, and we felt the tremors here. So if we're um, not caught on our game today, that's probably why. Uh, apologies in advance. But, um, Ada, we're here to bust some myths on the COVID vaccine today. I thought you were going to say earthquakes for a moment, Gareth. Uh, enough earthquakes for this morning, I think. <laughs> Agreed. So obviously this has been a, a very, very big topic for the last, well, since the vaccine came out. There's been a lot of misinformation out there. We're still seeing that get spread around now. We have had the roadmap for getting out of the uh, the current seemingly never-ending lockdown cycle been announced, and a lot of that's tied to vaccinations. But there are still people who aren't sure about the vaccinations. They're a little bit hesitant. We've got 10 myths that we're going to bust here today, Ada. Do you want to, uh, before we get into that, though, give us a little bit of background about yourself, how you got this gig, um, what drove you to, to this sort of role? Yeah, no worries at all, Gareth. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, so I joined Grampians Community Health in January this year and um, starting as a health promotion officer role and then um, GCH was approached to do some work around vaccine ambassadoring as in basically making sure that everyone in our community, North and Grampians Shire and beyond, as of course Grampians Community Health is across um, seven different shires or LGAs locally and um, basically we're approached just to work with our community and local health services and just um, to help people to get trustworthy, evidence-based information to help them make a decision about vaccination. We're definitely not telling people, you know, we're not making people do a certain thing, but we're basically trying to reduce any barriers to vaccination and just support our community in whatever that looks like. So um, long story short, I'm lucky to work with um, Northern Grand Pinshire Council, Store Regional Health, all of our vaccinating health services across Northern Grand Pinshire and many beyond um, regularly for meetings updates and the like and I'm lucky to work with um, doctors and and, uh, people right on the forefront of this and our amazing nurses and immunizers quite regularly so my job is kind of um, yeah communications and helping people to um, stay abreast of all the changes because as we know it's pretty much you blink and um, everything seems to change quite quickly so my job is to help us um, navigate those changes. And just to pull the curtain back a little bit I know people don't necessarily want to know how the sausage is made but just to pull the curtain back we actually did record this last week and uh, 
for various reasons, I couldn't use the, the recording. But so much has changed since we caught up a week ago. It's probably, you know, in a way, a bit of a silver lining that we're doing this again because we have had the, the roadmap and it, it is heavy on getting vaccinated as our way out. Absolutely. Um, and we have seen lately a lot of uh, unreal. I would say, oh, well, I would say unrest, especially in, in Melbourne. We've we've seen, you know, a lot of people who are really hesitant still, or unsure, or have questions. So we want to help those people, like you said, make an informed choice about vaccinations. And I think another point is that in the last week, we've seen unfortunately an increase in exposure sites um, closer to up us up this way. So I think a lot of people, um, you know, were previously thinking that COVID-19, it's a bit of a Melbourne problem. It's not going to affect us that much up, up here in Western Victoria. But unfortunately, in the last week, there's been exposure sites in Ballarat, um, in St. Arnold and beyond. And even in the last week, we've also heard that the Delta version of the COVID-19 variant uh, disease, virus, is actually far more deadly and serious than we thought. It's actually really good that we're talking again, because as you said, um, you know, things have changed so quickly so we can keep our listeners updated which is fantastic absolutely and like you said there was a was a case in the northern grampian shire council which is an area that we cover so it's it's frightening apparently there was an exposure site down in hamilton as well i read this morning so Mm. uh but good news that you also sent through this morning uh vaccination rates in our part of the world are really high so we're now, did I read this email correctly? Over 80% first dose in the Northern Grampian Shire Council? Yeah, absolutely. So in Western Victoria, we're doing really well with vaccination rates, actually. So 82% and um, of people over 16 have had their first vaccination in Northern Grampian Shire, and just over 50% have had two, which is really amazing. And I have to say, we're um, doing far better than the Victorian average, which is 74% first jabs, and better than the Australian average of 73%. So if we look around at our neighbours, going to the shops, etc., currently over four in five people locally have had the jab. So that's pretty amazing. And I'd imagine numbers would be similar across our rural city and uh, Horsham rural city and, and some of the other areas we covered too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all three shires are doing really well and a big hats off and congratulations to those who've had the vaccination. And if you haven't or you you want more information, um, this is the podcast for you. Absolutely. So let's kick into it. The first questions I've heard from people, and especially women, are quite concerned about this. It's the impact on fertility. There was a rumour going around that it can impact your ability to have kids, it can make you sterile, or it could impact your children's future fertility. Now, can you speak a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. It's something that I'm hearing about a lot as well. And I think I should just really start off by saying that it makes sense to have questions. You know, for many people, this is still a relatively new vaccine and and, um, the vaccines have been around in the world for just over a year now. So it totally makes sense for people to have questions, to want to know more, etc. So I'm so glad listeners are tuning in to hear more about that. Refertility. um, Yeah, there has been a few rumours about you know, how will the vaccines affect um, if I want to have kids or, or my kids' fertility, etc. Some of those are quite persistent, but I've done quite a lot of research this um, myself as our vaccine ambassador for the North and Grampian Shire, but also myself as a young woman. So this is a really important issue to me, myself, my friends, um, my friends with kids, 
my friends who are pregnant. Long story short, not only is it safe to get the vaccine, any of the vaccines, but especially Pfizer, if you're pregnant or wanting to have a family, but it's actually recommended. And that's because um, people who are pregnant actually have a far higher chance of COVID being a really nasty disease for them and their baby when they're pregnant. So um, the vaccine is actually the best chance you have against reducing some of those horrible symptoms such as risk of premature birth um, and other things that um, COVID can do when you are pregnant. There is absolutely no effect on DNA or there's no effect on the fertility of you or your children from the COVID vaccine. But actually, if you are pregnant and you get vaccinated, there is emerging evidence that your baby is actually gets some protection from COVID thanks to you having the vaccine because the vaccine can, the antibodies can be passed to your, your baby safely. So again, um, really safe and a great decision to do wherever you're at with your fertility journey and that's for women and men. Absolutely. And there was there was a lot of misinformation and there is a lot of misinformation around there which is one of the reasons we're doing this today. And there, there was talk that uh, it used the same protein as, as, correct me if I'm wrong, because I probably am, because you know more about this than me, but that it used the protein the same as, as the protein that the body uses to form a placenta. Is that right? Yeah, that's one of the rumours going around. And actually, um, there's no evidence that it harms babies or fertility in any way. So if people are concerned about it, I recommend going to health.gov.au or coronavirus.vic.gov.au or having a chat to your doctor and they can address any specific concerns you might have. This also leads into the, the next sort of myth we want to bust and that's that the vaccines aren't safe to me i, I you look at all the vaccines that have been administered across the globe that would overwhelmingly to me i mean we're not taking any any deaths that may have occurred lightly far from it because there are people who have adverse reactions to some of the vaccines that that's unfortunate but it happens but over overwhelmingly safe would you say extremely safe extremely reliable and extremely effective. Now, you heard me say before that the vaccine is a relatively new, and that's true because COVID-19 is a relatively new disease. But I think what's really important to note here is that the vaccine bases or, you know, the ingredients for the vaccines and the way that they have been made have actually been around for a really long time. So AstraZeneca, for example, uses the same vaccine technology that's been around since the polio vaccine in the 1950s, and many of our other vaccines use that same technology. Pfizer, which is an mRNA vaccine, um, a mess- sends a little messenger into your body, and I think that's the one that people are especially worried about, but it absolutely does not and cannot change your DNA, and actually the technology for mRNA vaccines, such as Pfizer or Moderna, have actually been around for 10 to 20 years. So part of the reason why people are hesitant about the vaccine, I think, is because it all seems to have come so quickly, but I'd actually like to challenge our listeners to think about it in this way. It's actually an amazing evidence of science and cooperation across the world that the vaccines were able to happen so quickly. So instead of the usual process of many years um, approving a vaccine, you know, you do one trial, you finish it, you do another trial, you finish it, we've actually had this amazing overlapping trial system across a whole bunch of different countries. So a whole bunch of different countries work together to 
approve the technology, make sure it's safe, everything ready to go as it is to um, the point where it goes into your arm. So heaps and heaps of research. I think it's actually probably the most researched and monitored vaccine to date. And um, please know that before the vaccines even got to Australia, our Therapeutic Goods Administration and our Targi Safety Group have done so many trials. And these vaccines have been in the arms of millions and millions of people in the world, in the UK, in the US, before they even got to Australia. You mentioned that COVID-19 is a relatively new thing, and, and it is. However, what a lot of people don't necessarily realise is that it is a SARS variant. I've probably got this wrong too, so just correct me again if I'm wrong, but I'm, isn't, isn't it actually called SARS-2-CoV-19 or something? Because it was first discovered in 2019, but it is a, a variant of the SARS outbreak that we saw back in, I think, 2002 that went through uh, Southeast Asia. SARS-CoV-2, that's right. So exactly as you said, Gareth, it's a new version of coronavirus, so it's a new version of the virus, but it's actually one that we've seen similarly before. It's just a new level of aggression and, and virulence of, of nasty. It's kind of like if you've got a pad thai recipe that you've been making over and over, you know what's happening with pad thai, you know what's going to happen, or you know, your spaghetti bolognese, whatever it is, but it's just a newer and nastier version of it. Clearly, I'm hungry this morning, hence the big analogy. <laughs> Didn't have breakfast. Health promotions officer, you need to get on to having breakfast. Um, <laughs> Very true. And and another thing with that is we we know that work on a vaccine for a SARS or a coronavirus uh, started way back uh, after the first SARS outbreak, continued on during the, the MERS outbreak of the early 2010s, Middle Eastern Respiratory Syndrome. So there has been a lot of work gone into building the vaccine we currently get. It wasn't just as soon as COVID hit, someone magically came up with a vaccine. They were, to, to, I think it was Isaac Newton said they were stand, they'd be standing on the shoulders of giants. And I think another really good point in this conversation is that vaccines, um, we do actually know that they're safe and the research is out there. And I would really encourage listeners to do their own research on trustworthy websites, you know, talk to your GP, check out the government and health information. But part of this discussion that I don't see talked about enough is that we don't talk as much about the risk of COVID and the risk of getting sick and getting blood blood clots, for example, from COVID-19 as a disease. And it's actually a really nasty disease. And Delta is even nastier again. So we know that many people um, who get COVID-19 do get really sick. They go to hospital and some people unfortunately die. And we know that maybe one in four, if not more, people actually have long COVID for months and months and months, which is a really debilitating disease. So we might talk about the risk of blood clots from AstraZeneca vaccine, for example. This is extremely low. It's probably a one in a million chance of dying from the AstraZeneca-related blood clots. But we actually know that getting in your car and driving to your appointment to get your jab is actually um, way higher in terms of risk. So that's actually a 28 out of a million risk. So actually 20 to 28 uh, to 56 times more likely to die. And another thing is um, some people, very, very, very small amount of people might get a blood clot, but it's generally not um, a fatal blood clot from AstraZeneca, whereas if you get COVID, the chances of getting a blood clot is actually 16 out of 100. Long story short, vaccines are really safe. COVID-19 is not a disease you want to get. Yeah, and like I said earlier, we're not downplaying anyone who has got seriously ill or unfortunately there have been the, the, the rare occasions of, of deaths from, from clotting and we're definitely not downplaying that at all. Uh, the best thing to do if you are concerned is talk to your GP before you go and get the shot, I would, I would say. 
So we, we spoke about the, the blood clots and the development. And I also just want to bring up, just before we get off the development, Ada, uh, we talked about how this has been an ongoing saga since, or an ongoing process, sorry, since SARS first hit back you know, 20 years ago almost. Just to put that in perspective, I, I think the polio vaccine was developed in the space of four years. People are also saying that this current vaccine is an experimental drug. I don't believe that to be to be true. Do we have the evidence to prove that that's not true? Um, we have evidence to say again that this is um, a drug that have been worked on for years and years and years by honestly the smartest and best minds that we have in the world. So um, again, do your research from trusted resources, but I have to say in all of the, the training and everything that I've done and Grampians Community Health Management has done that it is a trusted vaccine and it is safe. So I've had it myself, uh, my family, my parents, most of Grampians Community Health has had the vaccine, AstraZeneca and Pfizer, and we're really happy and um, living to tell the tale. Yeah, that, that's a good, a good point. And I think it was the speed that it, that it came out. But what people don't realise is, as you mentioned earlier, there was a ton of money, there was a ton of resources poured into this. So what happened, what, what the usual process is when developing a vaccine is that trials are run one after the other, whereas this time trials were able to be run side by side because of the, the the amount of money and research that went into it. Because let's face it, no government in the world, no company in the world wants to be losing as much money as they would have been losing during the lockdowns. Of course, they're going to pour money into something that is going to get people back to somewhere near normal and get get the economies flying again. People talk a lot about the economy and these sort of things. There's there's no way that governments would want to keep the economy shut down for months on end. It's that, in all of our interest yeah. to get a safe, reliable drug and get things going again because we're all just so sick of COVID by now, honestly, and the lockdowns, and we just want to do the best thing we can to get out of it. So um, and getting vaccinated is the best option we have currently to get out of COVID-19 and lockdowns. Yes, yeah, spot on. We talked a bit about COVID in regional areas. Now, when we spoke a week ago, it had, we hadn't had any cases in Northern Grampianshire that only just started to be some cases in Ballarat, which is, you know, an hour's drive away from where I am. There was the outbreak in Shepparton, which is now thankfully under control. This this can spread so quickly. Do you think people in, in regional areas are taking it seriously enough? Well, I think there's many benefits, obviously, in living in regional rural areas, and some of those include having less people around and less risk from things such as contagious diseases, such as COVID or coronavirus, but less doesn't mean none. And I'd actually like to correct you gently there, Gareth, um, in that we have actually had several um, cases of COVID-19 in North Grampianshire and in Horsham in our regions before. People may not have heard of them, but they have actually been in our areas before. So again, this is a disease that unfortunately Unfortunately, is not going away as much as we would like it to. But the only thing and the best thing that we can do to make it go away is to actually get vaccinated. So going back to that roadmap that the Premier Dan Andrews announced on Sunday, I think it's really interesting. And listeners may may or may not have noted that actually it signalled a huge change for Victoria. So we've actually changed our approach from trying to get rid of COVID, trying to eliminate it, having zero cases or zero spread, to actually living with COVID. So that means that there unfortunately will be no more donut days of zero cases and instead success is measured by how many people are vaccinated. So that means that unfortunately the risk of COVID-19 coming to our regional rural areas is real, it's already here and the best thing that we can do is again just look after each other, support each other to get the jab. And as you said it has hit our parts of the world before. I know there was a couple of cases in our rural city area last year as well and the the donut days, yeah that, that is a bit sad although we can always enjoy 
a donut would have been. We like in moderation, of course. Speaking, <laughs> of course, the health promotion officer, I better make sure we add that in moderation. So it, it is about being vigilant. And look, like we said at the top of the show, we are seeing fantastic vaccination rates across Western Victoria. Our communities should, should give themselves a pat on the back because we're, we're doing a, a fantastic job because we all want to get our kids back to school. We want to get back to being able to play sport. We want to be able to go, go to the movies, go to concerts, catch up with family. Um, Absolutely. Even even small things like that, having having friends over to your home, we all want that, and I think people overall are are doing the right thing. But we're, we're trying to get to, get across to the people who are still a bit sort of hesitant uh, about whether they should get this vaccination or not. Ada, we're going to take a very very short break, and then we'll be back with some more myths that we're going to bust in about thirty seconds. Community's Eminent Name podcast is proudly brought to you by Grampians Community Health. Grampians Community Health provides a wide range of services for people across Western Victoria, servicing the Wimmera and Grampians areas, taking in the local government areas of the Northern Grampians Shire, Arrow Rural City, Horsham City, Pyrenees Shire, West Wimmera Shire, Hindmarsh Shire and Yarriambiak Shire. Services available from Grampians Community Health include alcohol and other drug support, carers support, community aged care support and disability support, including NDIS support coordination and plan management, counselling across a wide range of areas, including generalist counselling, homelessness support, gambler's help, community mental health support, and much, much more. If you'd like to find out more information about Grampians Community Health, go to our website, www.gch.org.au, or contact us on 53587400. Grampians Community Health, for you, your family, and our community, proudly bringing you the Community is Our Middle Name podcast. Welcome back. I'm with Ada Castle, who is a Health Promotion Officer for Grampians Community Health and Northern Grampians Shire Vaccination Ambassador. We're doing pretty well. We've had ambassadors. We've had counsellors on the on the podcast. It's, it all sounds very formal. <laughs> it's all you, Gareth. You're bringing in um, some great conversations. Big fan of the podcast so far. Great work. Oh, thank you. Well, I'm a president as well. I'm the school council president. So, you know, that's... Uh, <laughs> it's all that's going, great. going really well. Now, we were just talking off air about the availability of vaccinations in regional areas, especially for people living in maybe some of the smaller towns me myself, I, I live in a in a small town, uh, not in in one of the three sort of major towns in the apologies to United, the three major towns in in the the three main areas we cover. What's the availability like for people in in regional areas if they are looking to get COVID vaccination? It's a great point, and I think a lot of people are worried that all of the vaccines are going to Melbourne, for example. But mm. we do actually have really good and increasingly good coverage up here in Western Victoria. So a lot of our local health services are actually doing the vaccination and some of our pharmacists as well. Um, so community health, doctor's office, pharmacists, bigger hospitals, etc. They may not all necessarily be listed on the government's website or hotline. So the best thing that we recommend um, listeners do is just have a look at the Grampians Community Health website and um, where we've got listings there. So that includes a lot of smaller towns. Often those places will have a pop-up clinic run by the bigger health services, which is fantastic. And, um, you know, there's lots of um, tips and advice about how best to book in your vaccination when you're ready. 
And um, again, if you if you've got questions, just have a chat to your GP, and sometimes you can get it done in one visit. And it's always free for everyone, including if they don't have a Medicare card. I know um, East Grampians Health Service, which is the main one where I live. When I booked in for my first vaccination, I had to the day that I wanted, I couldn't get because they were going out to one of the small towns. They were going out to Elmhurst. I don't know that they do the same down at Laura Bush Nursing Clinic as well. So it's good for people who absolutely who maybe it's easier for them to get to those sort of smaller places, uh, you know, older people, farming families, things like that, who can't necessarily take time to, to travel half an hour, an hour to go and get vaccinated. It's great to see that that's happening. And there is plenty of, plenty of vaccine availability. And Moderna has hit Australia, is that correct? Yeah, so Moderna is very, very similar to Pfizer. It's just hit Australia. It's not quite in our shelves yet in regional areas as far as I'm aware, but I think that's going to go straight to pharmacists. So really exciting to see pharmacists and our local pharmacists helping with that rollout, and they're doing an amazing job. Absolutely they are, and and pharmacists are often uh, where a lot of people go for health advice anyway. Yeah, absolutely. They know their stuff, (laughs) definitely. Now, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the more out there things that we've heard about the COVID vaccine. One of the one of the big ones that that uh, came out early was it contains a 5G tracking chip that Bill Gates is behind. I can't believe I'm saying all those words in one sentence. I know when I had my vaccination, my phone signal didn't improve at all. Um, <laughs> my we... Wi-Fi still dropped out. <laughs> <laughs> is, is there is there any truth to the fact that there could be a tracking chip put in there? No proof whatsoever. Definitely debunked. I think last time we spoke, we mentioned that the smallest radio frequency microchip, there is no chance it would fit down the end of of a needle. It's just, it's too big. Um, Definitely not at that technology yet. And if we were, I don't know if that uh, the local health services and government and pharmacists could afford to be giving away uh, microchips and um, (laughs) willy-nilly in people's arms. Seems like a bit of a waste of resources. We're getting tracked by uh, Facebook and Google and, you know, things like that. They know exactly where we are at various times of the day. So if people are really that worried about being tracked, they'll leave their phones at home or they'll delete the apps. Very true. Although the Grandpa's Community Health Facebook page is fantastic. Um, <laughs> there, there was talk about are there any secret ingredients? Why can't people find ingredients for the vaccination? Is that true? Can, is it, are there secret ingredients? Is it hard to find out what's in them? Not secret at all. Um, you can find them online quite easily with a quick Google. I think uh, last time I was saying it's not a KFC nine herbs and spices situation. Um, Eleven. Eleven. Still got that wrong. Oh, gosh. Thanks, Gareth. I'm learning things today. It's definitely not that. It's not secret. Easy to find. Pretty standard ingredients. Yeah. yeah. And if there's one thing I know about, it's the KFC 11 herbs and spices. And there's a lot of things that we, we have. There's a lot of things that we, we put in our bodies already that we don't know exactly what's in them. A lot of the other vaccinations that we get, I wouldn't be able to tell you what was in all those vaccinations. I, I wouldn't be able to tell you everything that's in the vaccinations that I've had, that my kids have had. To me, that's fairly normal, but there are ways to go out and, and find it. I think I found the ingredients on about the first link I, I hit when I searched for it on Google because someone asked me this question. I thought, okay, I want to be prepared for to answer it correctly. Nice. But it's, and Gareth, it's, sorry, how did you know that was a reliable um, resource that you found? online when you Google? I generally go to, to health websites for this sort of information or sometimes government websites. You know, or was this one was either from Harvard or the Mayo Clinic. It was from one of those. Nice. If it's, if it's someone's blog or someone's YouTube clip, generally give it a miss is my recommendation. Anyone can put anything they like 
onto YouTube or their own blog. I'd rather look at stuff that's been peer-reviewed and been through all the proper processes before it gets put out there. So that's where I get my information from. And I know there's a lot of websites out there that people have just sprung up and they put words like health and medical and stuff into them, but they make sure that they're an actual peer-reviewed trusted source would be my would be my recommendation. Now, we spoke a little bit about this earlier as well. Does the vaccine alter your DNA or can it harvest your DNA for government purposes? Um, yeah, and I think a lot of people have questions about this given that some of our vaccines are mRNA-based. Short answer is no, it definitely cannot. Long answer is mRNA is a messenger. It's like a little text message or a little message that the vaccine sends to your body. It says, hey, guys, this is the bad guy. This is what it looks like. It's COVID-19. You better destroy it when you can. And then it fades away. So actually, the little mRNA messenger is so fragile that the vaccines, Pfizer and Moderna, have to be kept at negative 70 degrees because the messenger disintegrates so quickly. So as soon as that's popped into your arm, really safe. It's just like a little red flag alert. Hey, guys, watch out. This guy's coming. And then it um, fades away and your body then learns how to look out for the bad guy, COVID-19. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, but does the mRNA have the, the genetic code of the virus? It which... has like a little copy. It's like a little photocopied little sheet of what it looks like, but it doesn't contain any DNA. It does not contain any virus that can get you sick. You will not get sick um, as in you will not get COVID-19 if you get vaccinated. As with all vaccinations, there are some normal expected side effects. So she might have a sore arm, you might feel a bit tired while your body learns how to um, respond to any COVID-19. All of that is really normal and occurs with any vaccination. Yep, I remember my flu jabs, I've had some uh, some side effects from those and we don't think twice about getting those most winters. And it's also just a bit of a side note, we've seen very, very small numbers of, of flu cases the last two winters as well, which is, I guess, most of us have been home, we've been wearing masks, we've been social distancing. So that's, that's a positive as well, because flu is a big killer of people as well. Absolutely. And especially older people or people who are, do have um, compromised immune systems. And unfortunately, COVID-19 does also uh, go for a lot of those people as well, and they often have the worst side effects. Um, so if you're someone who doesn't have great health, rather than being scared of the vaccination, it's actually quite a good idea to think, well, actually, I might be someone who would especially benefit from the vaccination. And again, um, you know, have a chat about what that might look like for you with your GP. And it doesn't harvest your DNA either. That's the other thing. Nothing comes out of your body when exactly. you get this vaccination. It's only only the, the vaccine going into your body. And if people are really that worried about their DNA being, being harvested, they wouldn't go to sites like Ancestry.com and willingly pay to give their DNA over to a private corporation. That's right, Gareth. But actually, there's um, when you get vaccinated, there's actually two things that go into your body. One is the vaccination. The second is a lollipop. Oh, so, correct. Uh, that's yes. an important part of the journey, Gareth. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I, 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 um, I had two lollipops for, for both of mine, so that was. Oh excellent. wow, you're twice um, as lucky. Yeah, and and unfortunately, um, my, my wife missed out because she took our youngest daughter with her when she got her vaccination, and of course, the little cherub-faced child gets the lollipop generally. Good on you. The sacrifices we make. Oh, look, no one said being a parent was an easy geek. Um, The talk of boosters has been people saying, well, if it works, why do we need boosters? Can you go into that? To me, it seems quite normal. There's lots of vaccines where you get booster shots, but people are wondering why we need them. Can you talk to that a little bit, please, Adam? Yeah, no worries. So currently we're at um, encouraging people to get the vaccination. There's actually two shots, and that provides...
provides the best optimum uh, protection, regardless of if that's AstraZeneca, Pfizer, or soon to be Moderna. And then after a while, your body's like, yes, I'm ready to go. And then it it starts to um, lose some of that quick response um, over time. So that's when a booster shot be needed. And that'll look like it's probably going to be yearly, um, similar to how we get the flu shot. And just as you said, Gareth, we do get boosters for other vaccinations, whooping cough, you know, other things all the time. So it's kind of just putting the vaccine in line with other vaccinations that we already know and trust. And here's one without uh, any prior warning. I'm putting you on the spot here, but it is something I've seen quite a bit, especially on social media. People saying, well, if you're vaccinated and the vaccine works, why should I have to get vaccinated? Mm, Great question. And it kind of comes down to my body, my choice. But I guess what we're having in this conversation is a realisation that it actually affects far more than just you now. Um, So this is a choice that actually affects our whole community, our whole areas, etc. So the reason why you get vaccinated if someone else was vaccinated is to protect both them and you. You can actually still get infected with COVID-19 if you're vaccinated, but you have a far less likely chance of passing it on, of getting it, and importantly, going to hospital or dying. I think a lot of people are legitimately saying, well, if I can get it anyway, what's the point? And I kind of like to use a seatbelt analogy here. So if you're going to have a car accident, you're going to have a car accident. But if you wear a seatbelt, it's not going to stop you from having a crash, but it will reduce the chance that you end up in hospital or that you end up in an ICU or pass away. So it's kind of like the best protection we do have at the moment, and it does really reduce your chances. So, yeah, getting a jab for yourself protects your community and others, but um, it provides a lot of support for yourself. And what made you decide to go and get vaccinated, Ada? What was what was your reasoning behind it? For me, I want to see my mum. She lives in rural Tassie. I haven't seen her for ages. Um, she's got quite a compromised immune system, so I just went and got it and just finished up as soon as I can. So as soon as those borders open up again, I can see her. She lives alone. I miss her. It was pretty straightforward. Actually, it was really straightforward. Two shots an hour at and I was done. How about you, Gareth? Yeah. You said you and your family are vaccinated. Obviously, my kids aren't because they're a bit young, and you probably heard them just just before. As we're still working from home, yeah, that that was my one of my things as well is is trying to get back to normal. We're all sick of lockdowns. No one likes them. People, we don't like wearing masks. We we do this stuff because it's the right thing to do. And to me, getting the vax was the right thing to do as well. I, I want to see kids back at school. I want to see our community back to being you know, the vibrant place that it, that it is, you know, community sport back on. I want to be able to go to the movies again. I want to be able to, to go and watch the footy again, things like that. And, you know, just simple things like getting to see family and friends, as you mentioned. Yeah, you can go to a cafe and catch up with people, but it's not the same as having someone around your house or kids being able to have their friends come around and play and, and things like that. I also have, a bit like yourself, I have a family member who is um, who has compromised immune system. He's got cerebral palsy, you know, and to me, people like that, he has been vaccinated. But people like that need extra protection as well, and it's about protecting the most vulnerable people in our society as well, which may not necessarily be you or I, but it could be one day. And it could even be now. We're actually hearing about cases in New South Wales where younger people in their 20s and 30s are passing away, and and they don't actually realise why. Like, there's no pre-existing conditions, not um, that necessarily means anything, but this is a disease that's increasingly... Um, infecting younger people and so it, it is something that's quite nasty across different ages and I think another good point is children 
because children over 12 have just been eligible to be vaccinated. Actually, anyone over 12 is now eligible to be vaccinated. And there's been a whole a huge amount of studies into how safe it is for children. And Victoria and our regions have just responded by um, getting the kids vaccinated in large numbers, which is really awesome. But as you said, kids under 12 can't get the vaccination. So the best thing we can do as adults is to get vaccinated so we can protect those kids who are too young to get the jab. Absolutely. And that's the situation that I'm in. My kids aren't old enough to, to get vaccinated, mm. but they've missed so much social stuff, especially school and things like that in the past year. It's, it's crazy. But that was, that was my reasoning for, for doing it as well. Um, no one likes, no one likes the, the situation we're in. No one likes lockdowns. No one likes, you know, a lot of the measures we've had to have had put in place. But we, we do it and we do it so we can get back to some semblance of normality. Ada, is there anything else you wanted to mention before we, before we wrap it up? Yeah, I think a lot of people are thinking that, you know, probably don't need the vaccination because I don't really go out that much. I don't do that much. I'm not at high risk. I guess another thing to note is that what we're seeing increasingly is it's just those everyday places such as Woolies, IGA, Coles, just the supermarket where people are getting um, exposed to COVID-19. So, you know, it's, it's pretty much at the same where you get your vaccination, get your vaccination, and then you're done and dusted and you don't need to worry about it for at least a year or so until you get the booster shot. And I think we're all sick of hearing about it by now. So it's one way to um, just uh, finish up that conversation. Yeah, and you're right. And Big W, of course, was one of the exposure sites in Ballarat, a tier one exposure site. And also getting back into the office for some people as well will be a big deal. It's one thing to be able to work remotely, but... Uh, you know, it is nice. I've had a few days back in the office the past few weeks, and it is nice to be able to see people in face, in person again, not just over a screen. Ada, thank you so much for giving up some of your time. Uh, interesting way to start this podcast with the with the earthquake. Um, hello to Mrs. Castle, uh, Mrs. Castle, sorry, in Tasmania, if you're listening to this podcast. Will she listen? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Um, Ada, look, thank you very much for your time. If anyone is unsure about vaccinations, uh, what are the best websites to hit up? Yeah, so check out Grampians Community Health where we've got some listings of where to get the vaccination locally. Check out health.gov.au. Go to coronavirus.vic.gov.au or you can also call and have a chat with somebody on the vaccine hotline, 1800 020 080. And, of course, for people in our local areas across Western Victoria, go to gch.org.au and we have a list of all the places where you can get a vaccination across the uh, the areas that we operate in. Ada, it's been a lot of fun, so thank you, and uh, we'll see. hopefully see you again in person very soon. Look forward to it. Thanks, Gareth, and thanks heaps, listeners. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That's another show in the books. Thank you again, Ada, for joining us to talk about the COVID vaccine and busting some of the myths. Uh, interesting way to start the day with a with an earthquake before we even started recording. Uh, the Communities of Middle Name podcast, of course, is brought to you by Grampians Community Health. Grampians Community Health uh, offers a wide range of services across Western Victoria. Um, visit one of our sites, our main sites in Stall, Horsham or Ararat or contact us 5358-7400 for more information. You can also follow Grampians Community Health on social media, facebook.com slash Grampians Community Health or on Instagram and Twitter at GCH Grampians. You can also subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or on Podbean. 
And this podcast is also available on a number of other podcasting sites such as Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, uh, Amazon Radio, and many, many more. The Communities of Middle Name podcast, of course, is recorded and is produced on the lands of the Jabwurrung people, and we'd like to pay our respects to all elders past, present, and emerging. Thanks again for joining us. If you have any questions about uh, getting vaccinated, don't hesitate to go and speak to your GP or find a reputable source to get more information. And like we mentioned in the show, there is a link on our website, gch.org.au, to places where you can get vaccinated in our area. Hope this has been informative for you. I hope, it, hope it's made you think twice if you weren't going to get vaccinated and maybe sort of made you think about some of the reasons why you weren't and, and hopefully we've been able to dispel a few myths. My name is Gareth Olver. Thank you so much for joining me and we'll be back again very shortly with another episode of Communities of Middle Name proudly brought to you by Grampians Community Health. So long. <laughs>